Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 169. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Americans who think we still have a constitution in this country, let me show you that we don't really. Oh, and we'll also show you that the assault on religious liberty is stepping it up a few notches. Here's something I'm going to shout loud and long. During the last two years, every Catholic parish and most businesses lost a ton of money because of the COVID lockdowns. Congress attempted to ease the revenue strain with the CARES Act, but it really did nothing for parishes and little for most businesses. Believe it or not, Congress is actually remedying that. They've not done a good job of getting the word out, but Congress has enhanced the ERTC portion of the CARES Act. If a parish or business has W-2 employees, part-time or full-time, they almost certainly qualify for the ERTC tax rebate. 
I'm working with a CPA firm that specializes in ERTC rebates to reach out to all parishes and Catholic-owned businesses I can. This is especially good for parishes with schools. All any parish or Catholic-owned business has to do is click the link in my show notes that says, ERTC Recovery, I Want My Money. Then just fill out the form on the website, and the CPA firm will determine if the parish or business qualifies. It costs nothing to get started, and the average tax rebate appears to be $150,000. So tell every priest and Catholic business owner about the expanded ERTC rebate and send them to my show notes. Remember, Click the link on my show notes that says ERTC Recovery. I want my money. Can government restrict your travel? Can government tell you that you can't go to church? Well, those two things were tested with the China virus lockdowns and mandates, and we proved to the government that they can indeed stop us from going to church and otherwise restrict our travel. I warned you when the pandemic lockdowns began and our faithless bishops placed a moratorium on mass that if we didn't stand up to government and the USCCB, they would pull the same garbage again. Nobody took me seriously. No one stood up and rebelled, and the government's about to try it again. Because it'll be government-mandated, there's no doubt that our cowardly and evil bishops will go along with the government that gives their criminal USCCB empire billions of dollars every year. I have a cousin who was the closest thing to a brother to me when I was growing up. We're still that close. My cousin is retired from the U.S. Army's intelligence community. Like all the men in my family, he's a rabid patriot who loves America. While I constantly research all things Catholic, he researches all things patriotic. Last week he sent me a link to a YouTube video from an alternative media source called Restricted Republic. I vetted the information on this particular video and found it to be correct. The title of the video is No Driving Sundays Now on the Table and That's Just the Start of the New IEA Plan for Americans. I decided that this is information you need to hear because you're not going to hear it anywhere else until it's too late to do anything about it. So here's eight and a half minutes of that video. Let's listen. Well, a Sunday church ban now seems to be on the table as the International Energy Agency has just put forward a plan to save the planet from the oil crisis. You know, the oil crisis caused by the draconian, tyrannical mandates and measures that were forced on us by our leftist leaders all across the globe. Yeah. So now the International Energy Agency has a plan to save us all by, get this, using more draconian mandates and measures in order to, well, save us from this oil crisis crisis. You are not going to believe some of the things that they have on this 10-point plan, including 
not being able to drive your car on Sundays, which just so happens to be the day that, you know, everybody goes to church. It seems I feel like Sundays was targeted on purpose, but I digress. There's even more draconian stuff that you guys need to see. And not just that, but I would even equate this to some kind of summer vacation ban. The way that this stuff is written, you won't even be able to really have a vacation anymore or a summer vacation for that. But let's dive into what I'm talking about here. Take a look. Uh, and this is on the International Energy Agency, their direct website. So I'm going to go straight there so you can get this straight from the horse's mouth. And if I scroll down, here it is. Emergency measures can quickly cut global oil demands by 2.7 million barrels a day, reducing the risk of damaging supply crunch. Now, here's the actual 10-point plan, and I'm going to go through it, but you can see it was very recently published March 2022, and they go on to state the reason for it. They said, in the face of the emerging global energy crisis that was triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the IEA's 10-point plan to cut oil use proposes 10 actions that can be taken to reduce oil demands with immediate impact and provides recommendations for how to use these actions and can help pave the way to putting oil demand into a more sustainable path in the long term. Now, I'm going to pause right there. You have to remember, and I know you guys do, but the sleeping Americans out there do not, that this crisis, this crisis in oil, the crisis in gas, the crisis in energy here in the U.S. was started by the Biden administration here in the U.S. and all the tyrannical governments that did the lockdowns in your country, they are the ones to blame for this because they st- started a shipping crisis. They started a crisis in, in in our economy. And of course, the the gas prices, the grocery store prices, the empty shelves that we are all seeing today are a direct result of these COVID mandates and measures that they implemented. Now, of course, the war is just the icing on the cake and is going to exasperate the issue. And now suddenly... The IEA, the International Energy Agency, comes out with a plan to save the world from this crisis, a crisis that they started, and now they have more draconian measures. But what are these draconian measures? Take a look here. Here's the 10-point plan. And uh, keep in mind, you're not going to like a lot of these at all uh, because of what they detail. But plan number one here, as you can see, number one, to reduce the speed limits on highways by at least 10 kilometers. Uh, basically, there they want to reduce all the speed limits. Look, I'm not opposed necessarily if we need to save gas that way. Okay, that's something we could live with. But let's go on and look at some of the other ones here. Number two, uh, they want to, and it's directly under number one here, and it says work from home up to three days a week where possible. If you work at a place that you can do that, great. Doesn't sound so bad. Let's keep going. Number three, here's a big one, car-free Sundays in large cities. So if you just so happen to live in one of these mega cities, you know, some of these Democrat cities, New York, LA, (laughs) you know, the big cities, uh, Seattle, the list goes on. If you live in one of those, you're going to be, they're they're, they're, they're stating that we should have no car driving on those Sundays. And here they expand a little bit on that. It says car-free Sundays in cities. And here's where they actually brag about the benefits of this. And here's what they say. Banning the use of private cars on Sundays brings a number of additional benefits to public health. See, this this banning is for your own good people and well-being, including cleaner air, reduced noise pollution, improved road safety, and in warmer climates, it can reduce traffic. Well, you think? It can also reduce urban heat island effects. The Marshall's also relatively straightforward to enforce using spot fines and road closures. So there you have it. 
This is for your own health and your own benefit for us to stop driving on Sundays, which again, as I stated before, is coincidentally the main day. Not everybody goes to church on Sunday, but a majority of us that people go to church. This is an issue. This is an issue. Now you, you're going to have to find a church that you can maybe bike to, walk to, you know, because they want to shut your car down on Sundays. And God only knows how long and how often this will be implemented. But this is the kind of draconian measures they're now talking about doing. And here's the other thing. Imagine your, your vacation, your summer vacation, you plan a vacation. Well, no more driving that car or coming home on Sunday from your vacation. Now you're going to have to get into your workday on Monday in order to do that. A lot of people don't want to, you know, add more days or take away more days from work. This is going to screw up the whole system. And that's just one minor problem. As a result of that, there's obviously a lot more. But this is a direct attack, I feel, specifically on religions that go to church on Sunday. They want to completely stop driving services. This is this is just beyond. And I get that we have to do something with the oil crisis. There are other things we can do other than these tyrannical mandates and measures. And I'm just going to throw that out there. Number four, here their fourth thing, and it's to the uh, to closest to me here. And it says, make public transportation cheaper. Incentivize micromobility, walking and cycling. Okay. Number five. Now this one is very draconian as well. Number five, alternate private car use in large cities. So they go on to expand on this one, on, on what that means, alternating private cars. Uh, again, in large cities, it says restricting private car use of roads in large cities to those with even numbered plates some weekdays and to those with odd number plates on other weekdays in a measure with a long track record of successful implementation. During the first oil shock, the Italian government actually did this. They substituted car free Sundays because they had it implemented and with an odd even number plate policy since the 1980s such schemes have been deployed in many cities to tackle congestion and air pollution peaks including in Athens, Madrid, Paris, Milan and Mexico City in other words they're already doing this in other draconian countries why not do it here in the US you know to save the planet wink and not wink and not wink and not really is that really what this is about Hmm. So you can't drive on Sundays. It doesn't matter if you have an electric car or not. Doesn't specify. No, no. We're just going to cut that off because we can. Or in this particular case, they want to alternate days of when you can use your car. If you have an even plate, you can drive on these days. If you have an odd plate, you can drive on these days. Or we'll swap it back and forth. This is the kind of mandates we're attempting to bring to the United States of America. You have to at least know about it. You have to know about it. Here's number one here. Here's another one here. Number six, urge car sharing and practice that... Uh, and practices that decrease fuel use, great. Number seven, promote efficient use of freight trucks and goods and deliveries, right? Maximize what you can put in. That sounds great. Number eight here, right under that one, prefer high speed and night trains to planes wherever possible. Now, if they start saying you can't do this and you can't do that, they don't have an issue with it, obviously. Number nine, avoid business travel when alternative travel exists. And number 10, hasten adoption of electric and more efficient vehicles. And number 10, if they're going to do number 10, then they better dang well make them more you know, affordable? And how about not only making them affordable, but how about actually uh, making services available to get where, you know, if you need to plug your car and you're making a, a long trip to California or, or wherever state you're traveling to, then you need to be able to plug it in and have the ability to do that. So there's a couple problems with that at this point that can be fixed 
in the future. Make them more affordable. It's very easy. The link to this video is in my show notes, along with the link to the Restricted Republic website. I'm not at all endorsing Restricted Republic or their videos. I don't know enough about them to endorse them. However, you may want to go check them out for yourselves. Before I go, I want to mention a couple of things for you. First, last week we had an interview with Christopher McGurn, a young man who will be starting in seminary in August. I've left the link in this week's show notes where you can help this deserving young man financially, and I hope you're as generous with him as you have been with me. The second thing I want to mention is something I'll bring up several times between now and the month of the Sacred Heart, which is in June. A couple of weeks ago, I began thinking about all of the special interest months the federal government forces down our throats. There's Black History Month, Women's History Month, Gay Pride Month, and so on. The one that made me the most angry is Gay Pride Month. For starters, it's in June. The month of the Sacred Heart is also in June. That means Gay Pride Month is a direct and diabolical attack on the Sacred Heart. Think about it. May is Mary's month, and June is Jesus' month. That's why we have Mother's Day in May and Father's Day in June. The demonic left have been attacking both family and masculinity for decades. In fact, in trying to emasculate strong men, they've labeled us as toxic males. We've been made to feel like we're not even welcome in what used to be called polite society. That said, I've decided to start a new movement. I'm calling it Toxic Male Month, which is a tongue-in-cheek way of combating the current cancel culture. Indeed, I fully expect that in June, YouTube will finally cancel my channel. They've been deleting a lot of my videos there for several years anyway. I have five days in June where I publish new episodes of The Cantankerous Catholic. This year, however, and every year hereafter, I'm probably going to have several extra episodes to promote Toxic Male Month. The idea isn't to promote us strongly masculine Catholic men as toxic, but rather to promote strong Catholic masculinity as the Catholic Church has done for 2,000 years. I've already lined up several guests to be on the show. The men you'll hear from are Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, Father Robert Altier of Wanderer fame, Michael Vorse of Church Militant, Joe Riggy of the Our Warpath Apostolate, Christopher McGurn, who you heard from last week, and Michael Jaquith, who counsels men as a life coach in the proper area of strong Catholic masculinity. I've invited several others as well. So begin talking up Toxic Male Month with your friends and family to get them to listen to all the Cantankerous Catholic episodes in June. Oh, and be sure to continue listening to the Catholic Boot Camp segment as we continue our series on evangelization. The COVID lockdowns and mandates hurt everyone financially. Nearly all of you lost money and many lost their jobs. I learned this in email conversations with some of you. 
I learned that many of you are looking for ways to avoid financial worries when this happens again, and make no mistake that the tyrants in government will make sure it happens again. The number of Americans searching for ways to earn an income online has exploded. Some need to replace the jobs they lost. Others want to build an online income to be prepared for when it happens again. Some just want the freedom from being threatened financially again. Stay-at-home moms want to supplement the household income without working outside the home. I get it. The problem is the average person has no earthly idea where to start. I've been spending countless hours researching ways to earn an online income with the help of some friends. I've come up with a bevy of income avenues and reputable courses to help you. Consequently, I've come up with a separate email list for people who want this information. When I gave this opportunity to people on my other email list, the response was overwhelming. So if you want to get the valuable information I'm collecting about how to make money online, just click on the link in my show notes that says, Show Me How to Make Money. I'll begin helping you right away. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Daily Wire. The White House over the weekend issued clarifications after several problematic, confusing, and alarming remarks by pretender Joe Biden during his trip to Europe. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, said Biden of Russian leader Vladimir Putin during a speech. He was not discussing Putin's power in Russia or regime change, an official later corrected. Biden at another point seemed to suggest he was deploying soldiers to fight in Ukraine, forcing a White House official to clarify that we are not sending U.S. troops to the Ukraine. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Fox News. French President Emmanuel Macron warned against escalation after pretender Biden called Russian leader Vladimir Putin a butcher who cannot remain in power. I wouldn't use this type of wording because I continue to hold discussions with President Putin, Macron said Sunday. We want to stop the war that Russia has launched in Ukraine without escalation. That's the objective. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the Washington Examiner. Over 19,000 residents of Boulder, Colorado, were ordered to evacuate Saturday amid an area wildfire. The fire had spread roughly 200 acres by Sunday. Officials said at a Sunday briefing that roughly 21% of the fire has been contained. Holy cow! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to Fox News. Pretender Joe Biden on Saturday told the president of Poland that, quote, 
We have in our southern border thousands of people a day, literally, not figuratively, trying to get into the United States, end quote. U.S. Customs and Border Protection forecasted this week that border officials will have encountered over 200,000 migrants at the end of March compared to 173,000 in March of 2021. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to the hill. The Army has scrapped plans to use the same physical fitness test for all soldiers, choosing instead to reduce standards to allow women and older soldiers to pass. The decision follows a study that found men were more easily passing the Army combat fitness test compared to women and older soldiers. Okay, so let's beef up our military. Whose idea was this? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. Let's talk about you for a moment as we prepare you for the moral obligation to share the faith. Since most of this series is dedicated to the hows and whys of evangelization, we can afford to deviate at this point and talk about you. Presumably, you're a Catholic. I can't imagine a non-Catholic listening to this series or even having an interest. But a devout Catholic with all the right intentions? Hey, this is right up your alley. You're no doubt familiar with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Documents of Vatican II, the Apostles' Creed, the Sacraments, the Ten Commandments, the Code of Canon Law, and the seemingly endless obligations they place on a Catholic. Well, all those obligations can be boiled down to two primary obligations. Your two primary obligations are to become a saint and to share the faith. Every other obligation falls under these two primary obligations. And you can't accomplish one without the other. So let's begin by talking about becoming a saint. Jesus told us in Matthew 5.48, during his Sermon on the Mount, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You'll notice by the language he used that this isn't a suggestion, but a command because he used the word must. He didn't say it's a goal to shoot for. He didn't tell us to give it that old college try. He said we must become perfect. How perfect? As perfect as God the Father. And how perfect is God the Father? Infinitely perfect. Is it possible to become perfect? You bet. Perfection is the very definition of sainthood. All of the saints were perfect by the time they died. They perhaps didn't achieve absolute perfection until they went through their final agony just prior to death, but they did get there. 
Indeed, most saints probably had to have recourse to confession right up until the end. But because of all their past efforts and faithfulness, they were able to persevere at the end and achieve perfection. Achieving sainthood is more than possible, but we can't do it on our own. While we become true men and women, the definition of a true man or a true woman is the same, one who does always and only the holy will of God, we simply have to develop a prayer life relationship with God and continually ask Him for the graces to advance in holiness. Will you mess up? Sure you will. You might even commit mortal sin from time to time on your journey to sainthood. The key is to take Christ's example. The church teaches that all three times he fell under the burden of the cross on the way to Calvary, a metaphorical description of mortal sin, he got right back up again. That's what we have to do every time we fall. In other words, pray an immediate act of contrition and plod forward with a fresh resolve to do as you ought. It goes without saying that you also need to go to confession at the earliest possible moment. Now let's talk about spiritual direction, very important to all serious Catholics. I'd strongly recommend you get a good spiritual director. Be careful about who you choose to direct your soul, though. Just because a man's a priest doesn't necessarily mean he'll make a good spiritual director. There are priests in the world who aren't faithful to the church's teachings or their sacerdotal vows but I'm not too worried about you seeking out someone like that as your spiritual director because you're a six-pack warrior. Besides, most priests aren't like that. Indeed, most priests are good, holy men who take seriously the teachings of the church and their priestly vows. But you still have to be careful, not because they aren't good priests, but because they might not be equipped for the task. Not all priests are at all equipped to be spiritual directors. Most aren't trained for it. And among those who are, most haven't been trained in classical spiritual direction. Priests who aren't trained, or who have been trained in this modern, psychologically-based mumbo-jumbo, might possibly end up having the opposite of the desired effect and cause grave consequences for your immortal soul. That's not the intention of the priest, though. It's just what it is. In addition to avoiding the sort of priest previously mentioned, I wholeheartedly recommend you avoid asking a nun or a layperson to direct you. There may be some pretty good ones out there, I'm sure, but your best bet is always a priest, because a priest possesses the sacramental graces of holy orders. When you have a priest as a spiritual director, the sacramental graces kick in when he sees you with frequency and regularity. Consequently, he comes to know your soul intimately, and the sacramental graces of holy orders enable him to do and or say what's best for your soul. Ideally, this is the same priest who's your confessor. The age of the priest doesn't matter, only the degree of apparent holiness. My spiritual director's only been a priest about eight years, but he's a very holy man who's well-versed in classical spiritual direction. And under no circumstances let anyone get away with telling you the old ways of spiritual direction don't work anymore, that mankind and the church have advanced beyond those archaic ways. Baloney. Times may change, 
but man is the very same as he was when our first parents gave us original sin, and the church is a mere 2,000 years young. Besides, how many saints do we produce today with the so-called new ways? When classical spirituality and direction were at a peak, hundreds, perhaps even thousands of saints came flowing out of the heart of the church. If classical spirituality was good enough for the likes of St. Teresa of Avila, St. Anthony of Padua, and St. John Bosco, as well as innumerable others, it should certainly be good enough for you. Next week, we'll begin talking about your other primary obligation as a Catholic, sharing the faith. Hi, this is Christine Niles. I'm a senior producer here at Church Militant. With big tech plowing ahead and censoring conservatives, we encourage you to come to our website, churchmilitant.com. We give you authentic journalism from a Catholic perspective every day. We expose corruption because we're lay Catholics who want to see renewal in the church. So what are you waiting for? Visit churchmilitant.com today. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Rose of Lima. She said, Know that the greatest service that man can offer to God is to help convert souls. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Everyone knew Joe E. Brown, the popular movie actor and comedian. He lost a son in World War II. One day he was entertaining a large group of American soldiers on an airstrip in New Guinea. It had been a long show because these troops were simply starved for some fun. Every time Joe was about to stop, they'd scream and applaud and make him go on. Listen, you kids, he said, that's all I know. They kept up the racket, and then there was a little break in the noise, and way back on the edge of the crowd, a youngster shouted, Hey, Joe, tell us some dirty stories. You could have heard a pin drop. The boys looked at Joe. He stood there a moment and just forgot that he was a comedian and told them just what he would have said to his own sons. Listen, you kids, I've been on stage since I was 10. I've told all kinds of jokes to all kinds of people. But I'm proud that in all that time, I've never had to stoop to a dirty story to get a laugh. I know some dirty stories, kids. I've heard plenty of them in my life. But I made a rule a long time ago that I'll never tell a story I wouldn't want my mother hearing me tell. The applause came. It went on and on. And the soldier who'd asked for the dirty story applauded with the rest of them. Within two weeks, the news reached halfway around the world. The letters began coming in to him from parents, and many of them read, I'm going to pray every night for what you've done for my boy. A dirty story, as well as the F-bomb, shows your lack of a sense of decency and the state of your soul. Both disgust people who care for the clean things of life, but hate the dirty. 
When you tell dirty stories and use the F-bomb, it dishonors your parents, your friends, your God, and yourself. Like Joe Brown, say nothing that you wouldn't want your mother to hear. God certainly sees and hears you. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.